every picture, pictures ain't my thing But I could put a story in your head and open up your eyes So listen close, this one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins, all humans alike Let's take a second to remind ourselves to keep you humble And if my brother should fall, my Okay, so we're back once again on the Juby Take I'm Steve I'm Adam And what we're going to do today is a couple things now, we did talk for an hour and a half last week it, it was about the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. And we had a lot to say. Well, we did. We did. I think it was built up. A lot, the, lot the to summer. cover. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk just briefly about the game tomorrow. Right. I think this possibly could be something that happens every week, but we are going to be just kind of recapping what we think is going to happen, what we're excited about. Right. Any breaking news, anything that's going on that we haven't talked about before. And we're going to try to keep it fairly short, which means we're probably going to go on and on. Yeah, basically. Okay. So Southern Utah tomorrow. Yeah. First game of the season. 515. First game of the season. The uniforms that they've picked, I like it. They've yeah. gone more traditional with the green and yellow. Trying to get away from the flashiness. I think that that, that is something that is cool when you are great. Well, and that's one of the things that Taggart said, and I really, I appreciated that. Yeah. So you want to have that flash, you want to have all these different combinations, you want all these different things, earn it. Exactly. And he feels like the team is not at that place right now. Which I think anyone can agree in the country. <laughs> sure. It depends on, you know, how based much. Based on what we saw last year. Well, exactly. We were horrible. But it based, you know, to me, it, it kind of, okay, what, what value do you put to all of the flash? Of the jerseys. How important is that to the program? Right. It, it's been fun. I think that a lot of kids, you know, it's given them a lot of notoriety a lot of across stuff to talk the nation. About, for sure. But, you know, I, I would go back to the same uniforms every day, you know, if we won games. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, so, I think that's what made it different for Oregon in getting excited about those uniforms was it became less about winning or losing the games and more about what were they going to wear that week? And I think that was something that maybe even people had against the uniforms. Yeah. You know, oh, Oregon took a lot of flack across the nation. That's for sure. For that kind of stuff. So, you know, tomorrow it's the, it's the green and yep. green and yellow. Easy, uh, simple. Yeah. Green uniforms. I like the helmets, yellow helmets with just the O. Okay. The green O on them. I like it. Not getting too crazy with that. No. So, okay. So that's, that's a good one. All I right. like that. Now coming into it, you know, this is obviously, like we said, coming off a bad season. We're hoping for a bounce back. We're hoping for a W. Absolutely. We're hoping yeah. for a win, I guess anyone would be. But in in our eyes, it's it's a gimme. It's someone that we should we should win, but it's how we win it, I think, that really matters. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't want to struggle. You don't want to look like Arizona State did last night. Right. Where they struggled against a team, you know, New Mexico State that that they should handle easily. Yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of hoping that, uh, you know, to me, I would like to see a score uh, pretty quickly. I'd like to see us get up, you know, by two or three touchdowns. Get some confidence going. I would like the defense to, to shut them down. Right. Uh, get off the field, get some three and outs. That's the big thing. Uh, maybe you've even heard that, you know, what some people are really excited about, Zach actually mentioning or, um, that he would like to see a turnover. I think that's something that in the past, uh, Oregon defenses have been known for making turnovers, have um, 
you know, we've had some great corners, some great safeties in the past. And, you know, lately that that has been a real big weakness for us, even fumbles, not hitting people as hard, being as aggressive. And so I think that's a big thing we're looking for this, this game. Yes, that would be very good. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Getting a turnover because it shows aggression. Right. You know, a, an interception means that we're in press coverage, that we're, we're tight or we're getting a good pass rush and the ball gets put up, you know, maybe when it shouldn't. Right. You know, tackles, when you get gang tackling is when you get fumbles a lot of times. Right. It's very few fumbles, I think, that, that come from, from a single, from single, a single hit or a single player. I think it's when you get four or five guys around the ball and people start grabbing at the ball and pulling on arms, much more likely to get a fumble. Totally. I totally agree. So we'd like to see that, you know, maybe a turnover in the first half. We'd like our defense. I want to see them flying around. I want to see five guys tackling whoever has the ball and four guys standing around them. Yeah. I mean, being in one of the, the last places when it came to college football defense last year, I mean, we were terrible. Um, and that's what wins games. So that's what we want to see. Yes. Yes. And the big thing is we do have some talent by all accounts. Levitz has, has got them more together. More communication on defense. Communication is, is huge. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot. The, the scheme that they have is totally reliant on communication. So it's not an option. It's not like you need to do or you should do this to make sure that that person knows about this. It's You don't know what you're doing unless you talk to the other people. Right. Well, all defenses, I think almost in any sport, is communication. Right. It's really important that, that everybody's on the same page, that you're doing the same thing. You're seeing the same things. So if you're in the if you're a linebacker or if you're in the secondary or even the D-line whatever any position if you see something and you're calling something out this is what I see you know whether it's overloaded to one side or whether it's you know pick a situation it doesn't matter but you're communicating it right okay so that that really needs to be established really and right it and done it, right exactly it needs to be something that is a major focal point cuz you need everybody on the same page and again it's team defense. You know, I would love to see us go back to the gangrene concept of aggression and flying to the ball. I agree 100%. That's exactly where we need to be. People just diving forward, even if they don't think they're going to get it. For me, I'm really excited about if we don't get penalties. I think that's what I'm looking for is a clean yeah. game. Yeah. Huge. Um, I mean, it's being the first game of the season. It's expected. But it really tells about a team's focus. Exactly. Focus and discipline. And I think that that's where we're going to be able to succeed this year is if we're focused and disciplined. And that's what I'm excited about this coaching staff because I feel like they have um, exemplified that and really said that that's the, you know, the way that they're going and, and, and how it seems like they're very organized with how they do things. And um, very, well, we, Yeah, we, you know, we talked about that last week. We talked about, you know, what we think of the coaching staff and, and, yeah. and what they brought. And, and they seem like, you know, they're, they're all very articulate. They're all very knowledgeable. They all seem to be very focused. Uh, each one of them, when you listen to the interviews, they're fun to listen to. Right. You know, as we, like I said, we talked about last week, it's really fun to have that kind of coaching staff, but now the rubber meets the road. You know, we've been dealing with, you know, all of the uncertainty going into last year. Uh, nobody was excited, I don't think, last year. I think everybody saw some bad things on the horizon. Right. Dakota Prukup, the lack of development of players. Right. 
there just were a lot of things to me that, that were going in the wrong direction. And then we have the nightmare season. Everything gets blown up. So now, you know, since December, we've been hearing about these guys and recruiting and all of that kind of stuff. And now finally we get football. I think we're just eager to get back out there to redeem our name. I oh. think that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Because the last 10 years, minus last year, have been a lot of fun. Man, the Ducks have been probably, if not the most successful, one, one of the top five most successful programs in the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I, like you said, it's just super fun to watch. And um, again, just excited to be back up there on top or at least, well, you know, fighting for a spot. At least know? now <laughs> something has happened that, that could possibly lead us back up, you know, up back up that hill. But who knows what's going to happen? Right. The unknown. You know, a lot of things look good on paper. A lot of things sound good. It's the execution. And I think what they're going to, you know, what they're going to run into this year is obviously they're going to run into some adversity. Yeah. And the real question is what happens then? Right. You know, what happens when the ball doesn't bounce your way? Or, uh, you know, one of the things that's always frustrated me over the years is when you, and this is all the different sports that I follow and all my different teams. It, it gets really frustrating when it seems like the, when your team is playing and the other team is playing the best they've ever played. There's not making mistakes. There's just, everything's going their it way. Just, yeah, everything's going their way. And a lot of that has to do with the way your team is playing. Totally. You know, whether it's the, you know, playing, you know, the Blazers playing and Berea, who is this nobody, JJ Berea, yeah. nobody player that, you know, this little guy in the NBA that has carved out a nice little career, but all of a sudden he goes off for 35. Yeah. And looks like an all star. You know, it's like, wait a minute, this shouldn't happen. You know, we made other teams last year look like they should be in the national championship game. And that's, that's what true. needs to change. And it's putting pressure on the other team. It's your execution, like you talked about, no penalties, and yeah. forcing your will on the other team. And that's what we're hoping for this year. And we're hoping that this coaching staff that they've put together can make adjustments, which to get, you know, again, it's huge when you're playing in a game. One of the things that we love about Dana Altman, the University of Oregon basketball coach, is he makes adjustments. And he looks at what's going on, and at halftime, he'll come out with maybe a little bit different defense, a little bit different offense. Right. He, he's a student of the game, and he knows how to make adjustments. Which is important. I mean, everyone has a game plan of how they're going to beat you. So how are you going to respond to that game plan? I think you have to make adjustments. I think that's something we've been frustrated at when it comes to Oregon in the past that they haven't made adjustments in the half time and uh, regardless of whether we're up or down. And I think that that's something we should hopefully see this year. I mean, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for, for good, positive adjustments. Yeah. So what do you, uh, what are you thinking as far as a score? What do you think? Like, honestly, like not what you're hoping for. What do you, what do you think? Is okay. Gonna, this score is gonna and I, I'm going to be absolutely honest here. I have no idea. Right. Okay. I believe our offense. I like Justin Herbert. I, you know, of course, Royce Freeman, Right. You know, I think our wideouts are, are, are certainly good enough. I think that we have a lot of really good players on offense. I like our offensive line. I think we dominate. I think we score. You know, we're going to shut it down in the second half. So I, I would think that we're going to be in the high 40s, maybe even 50. The question is, what is the defense going to do? Yeah. Are we going to keep them below 20? You know, I would love it. I would love if we kept them below 21 points or at 21 points and have their points come late in the game. Right. When our third team defense is out there. Yeah. I would love to 
to have our defense shut them down in the in the first half, our, when, as long as our ones are out there. Now that's what I would like to see, but again, it's so hard to know. There's just so many unknowns. There really are. Um, my prediction is it's going to be fourteen fifty nine. I don't know how they're going to score fifty nine points, but that's just my okay. That's my prediction. Well, I'd be happy with that. Normally in these games, though, they kind of take their their foot off the pedal at the end, and and you've got a lot of yeah. You know, I mean, but we don't third and fourth string players out there. We don't know what. I I agree. I think that they're going to try to play as many players as possible due to just getting the reps in there and getting the experience for those players. But I think the Taggart's going to want to come out and make a statement. And I think that that's not just for the team, for the, you know, for the fans, but also for the recruits, the people that yeah. are looking at this game and, and what are we going to do? So there's a lot of eyes on it. Yes, absolutely. You know, if you're an older duck fan, if you've been around for a while, Hey, last year was not that uncommon. It wasn't something that you hadn't seen before, but if you're like in the case of, of Adam, you don't remember the losing teams. Southern Utah is taking this game for $500,000. I mean, that's what they're getting. And so you take these games against somebody you know you're not going to beat as a payday to help your athletic department. Half a million dollars. Yeah. Wow. So Oregon used to take those games. Right. We used to be the ones that... We used to be the ones that went to Oklahoma or went to Nebraska or went to some of these other teams out of conference and just get trounced and speaking of take the payday that would be that's gonna be game week two exactly more more to come later yeah but that's what we used to do we used to be that team that went for a payday and this is before phil knight really got involved and before the program has gotten to where it is okay so let's take a look at at our two deeps going into this game okay okay wide receiver we have dylan mitchell and malik levitt is the backup okay so yeah he's the he's the two deep on that position right Right, so so it's Lovett behind Mitchell. Okay. Okay, uh, the slot, we have Charles Nelson. Obviously the star of the wide receiving core, the leader. Yeah, he has the most experience. Right. Okay, so then we have uh, Darian McNeil. I've heard a lot about him. True freshman. Now, yeah. this is the first freshman that we've seen on the two deeps. And there's going to actually be, apparently, quite a few of those. Okay, the, the other wide out is Johnny Johnson the third, True freshman. Yeah. And he's from down here. I think he's from Chandler. So he's he's starting on that side? He's starting. Mm-hmm. And his backup in the two deeps is... Ophodile? Brendan Schooler. Oh, Schooler, yeah. Now, there's a couple players that weren't on the two deeps here that probably will play that were kind of had some nagging injuries. Injuries, so I believe. Kind of yeah. left them off. Okay, so left tackle, we have Tyler Crosby. Big George, George Moore, who's the, the transfer. Okay. Sophomore is his backup. Shane Lemieux and Evan Voller is his backup at left guard. Center, Jake Hansen. Yeah. Doug Brenner is the the backup. That's that's big because I know that Brenner didn't do very well last year when it came to being the center. Right. Well, I don't think he played very much last year, but Doug Brenner, I think, is the guy that came in in the bowl game against TCU that couldn't get it back to Jeff Lockie. Yeah, that's what I'm remembering. Yeah. Okay. So we don't want anything to happen to to Jake Hansen. Yeah, we need Hansen. Okay, Jake Pisarchik at right guard. Uh, Jacob Capra, who is a redshirt freshman. Okay. Is is the backup there. Okay. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton is starting at at right tackle, and Brady Ayalo is his backup. 
So, I mean, from what I can tell, we don't have the best depth when it comes to our offensive line, but we're not bad. Our, our first string's pretty good. Well, actually, I think we do have some pretty good depth. I think what Cristobal talks about is he wants 10 that he feels could be starters that, that are, are ready to go. Yeah. And he's a tough guy. You know, he said, okay, I got oh, eight. Yeah. I got eight. I got seven, probably eight. So there's a couple guys that he's like, you know what? I'm not to- totally sold on and yeah. sure of, but I, we have talent there. Right. Plus there's some freshmen that came in that they're very high on. I, I, we're pretty deep. I, I okay. like, I like our offensive line. All right. Okay. Tight end. We've got Jacob Breland, which has some experience. The only experience we have back at tight end. Tight end. He did play some at the end of last year and I like him a lot. Yeah. I, I like the way that he, the way that he looks as a receiver, especially Ryan Bay uh, is, is the, on the two deep. Okay. Okay, quarterback, we've got Justin Herbert. Herbert. And uh, they have listed here Taylor Ali. Ali might be there. I think they're probably going to play him as the two deep as long as uh, it's not a competitive issue. I think that if it becomes um, a point where Herbert gets injured, I think they try Ali. If he doesn't work out, then they go Burmeister. Burmeister. I think that Burmeister is probably... Uh, they're you know more of an upside than Ali, but they don't want to burn his red shirt. Right. Yeah, they want to try to protect that. Running back. Yeah. Okay, Royce Freeman, who is if the, he stays healthy and things work the way that I want them to work. He's the captain of the offense. He's captain. Sure. He's one of the captains, him and Mondu. I think Royce Freeman could have a Heisman type of year. Yeah. I think that just the way that he looks now and and the shape he's in, and with our line, with some experience, we get some blocking. We get some holes for our him. wide receivers start blocking the way that they did a couple of years ago. Yeah, back I, when we had Lamichael James and and the Anthony Thomas, and you know those years, we had some great blocking on the outside, and I think that's what really set those wide or those running backs off. Okay, behind him is Tony Brooks James. Tony Brooks James and Kanai Benoit. And Kanai Benoit behind him, the quarterback uh, Braxton Burmeister. Yep. And then also the tight end that they list here is Cam McCormick, the kid from Bend. Right, yep. So, okay, so now we go on to the defense. We got Henry Mondu and then Elijah George, who they moved over a couple years ago from offense. Really? Yeah, he's a big body. All right. And, you know, again, a lot of these kids played offense and defense when they were in high school. Well, they can go both ways. Okay, another big story uh, is the nose tackle, Jordan Scott. Yeah, yeah. And he's a true freshman, and he came in in the spring and just kind of did things that people that, did. Wow, not everybody's like, see coming. this guy's really something. And then to back him up is another true freshman, Austin Faileo. Now I probably have that totally wrong. But sounded I'm, great. I'm trying, guys. Hey, I'm trying. It sounded here. great. Okay, defensive end. We've got Jalen Jelks, who is from down here. He's from Desert Vista. Yep. You've served part of his family, right, at Chipotle, didn't you? I have. Make him a burrito here and there? I have served the jokes. And behind him is a redshirt sophomore, uh, Drayton Carlberg. Carlberg, I remember hearing that name. Okay, uh, and now, you know, some of, now we're looking at linebackers, and some of these guys were moved to defensive ends last year and in the 4-3 as opposed to the 3-4. Right, with which, the whole transition of defense yeah, back and work. forth. Uh, Justin Hollins, outside linebacker. I'm very excited about him. He's healthy for the first time in a couple of years. He's a big guy, very quick. You know, I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Moy, 
who is a you know redshirt senior transfer. He played kind of all over last year at linebackers. Okay. Okay, the Jack linebacker is Troy Dye. Of course, everybody that follows the Ducks knows Troy Dye and, and what he did last year. Leading tackler of last year. Yeah. Really excited about, about what he can do, backed up by Jimmy Swain. Uh, the Mike is an interesting story. Uh, Keolana Apelu, and he's the kid that just got the scholarship. Okay. Yeah, so, he's the one that that uh, they just he was he was a walk on. He was a walk on, and his mom announced the uh, scholarship over the big screen. Right, they're they out in practice, and and you know everybody's yelling and screaming. It's funny. I read his account of it, and he said, you know, I looked up and I saw, but he goes, "There's so much yelling, and it was so loud, I had no idea what she was saying." So he kind of <laughs> went through all of that, and everybody going crazy, and he wasn't really sure what was happening. what just happened at the moment. But he said, I walked out on the field. And I, he goes, I knew something was up because they kept following me with the cameras. They kept following me. And he goes, they don't follow me. <laughs> right. And, but they're following him around for this story. Right, exactly. Really cool story when a kid that, you know, he, he got hurt in high school in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, blew his knee out. Uh, and what, so he wasn't recruited. Yeah. I mean, and at that point. It, you know, it happens where you kind of fly under the radar. He had the opportunity to, you know, he had a couple scholarships that he could go to, yeah. uh, universities he could have played in Hawaii, uh, but he wanted to go to Oregon, and he wanted, and so he came to Eugene and he walked on. It's a great story of of perseverance, you know, because this is his junior year. Yeah. So that's a great sco- uh, story. AJ Hodgkins backs him up, and the other thing about Apelu, he's about two oh five, so he's pretty small for an inside yeah. linebacker. He really is. So. That's going to be interesting to watch. Is, he must be a more of a skilled player. Well, you know, he talks about angles and he talks about, you know, being quick and getting around. But sometimes, you know, you get a, a 300-pound guard coming at you. You yeah. know, and if, if you're 202 or 205 or whatever. He gets his arm on you or finger on you and you're not yeah, going anywhere. It could be tough. Okay, now the, the other kind of the new position this year is the duck linebacker, which is kind of a cross between a safety and a linebacker. It allows us to have someone down in the box for run support, but also can cover because you go against so many spread offenses. Right. And they talked about this position and having someone that, you know, can support, but also can cover a tight end or a back out of the back. Go both ways, basically. Right. So we have uh, Fotu Leato. Okay. Again, I'm winging this stuff. Right. No, I'm I'm really impressed right now. (laughs) And then then Lamar Winston, who's a sophomore this year, uh, he was highly thought of when he when he came to Oregon last year from the Portland area. Right. So he's a an Oregon kid. Okay. okay cornerback. We've got uh, Thomas Graham Jr., who's another freshman. Yes. And he's been impressive. He was here for spring. People and, have just been talking about how much of a man he is and how much he just is solid. You know, he's not going to let people right walk around him. Okay. So you know, excited about seeing him. You you go, Monty is his backup uh, safeties. We've got uh, Khalil Oliver backed up by Juwan Williams, Matrell. God, I love these names. Yeah, that's good. Matrell, huh? Matrell. So I'm looking at this thing going, okay, okay how can I mess this one up? <laughs> Check. I'll just call him Matt. There you go. Okay. So Matt McGraw, <laughs> he's getting an opportunity. He hasn't played a lot. Okay. Uh, but he's a, a, a red shirt junior. And behind him is another freshman, Nick Pickett. And then the uh, the other corner is Arion Springs. Springs. Heard a lot of improvement from him. 
And Excited. they show here in the two deeps, they they show Fotu Liato as oh. his backup. Whoa. Who is, you know, the duck. Yeah, the duck starting, linebacker. Starting linebacker. So that's he's actually a safety. But isn't isn't Springs a corner? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's a corner. That's so what they've got here. So he's he's a safety linebacker corner combo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Apparently. Jeez. So okay, so that's what we're looking at. We got some true freshmen. We have some players with experience. You know, all of these guys in the two deeps are going to play. Yeah. With the exception, well, even tomorrow the quarterbacks are going to play. Yeah. I mean, you'll but see Taylor Ali. You'll see all of them throughout the year. Yeah, throughout the year, the, especially the receivers, the running backs, secondary, defensive line. You've got a, you know, you've got three listed here plus their backups. That's six. You need another three at least that play on a regular basis. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things that you have to have. You have to have that depth because otherwise your teams get worn down. Well, you, you saw that last night with, uh, with Indiana and Ohio state, Indiana leading Ohio state 14, 13 and a half and just didn't even make a substitution in defense coming in the third quarter, which just wore them down and they weren't able to keep up. Yeah. So, so. when, you know, not necessarily tomorrow, we're going to have a lot of guys play tomorrow. But when we get up against, you know, the good teams, the Washingtons, the, the, the uh, Stanford, UCLA, the, the tougher teams, you know, the depth is really important. So that's our thought about tomorrow. Yes. And that that's, it's going to be exciting and we're excited about that. But, but coming up with that and coming up with football season, something that goes hand in hand with football season, I think everyone is excited about happening and should be happening every single Saturday is tailgating. Tailgating is so much fun. Man, I just you you know, it's it's the preparation for the day. It's game day. You wake up early, you know, it's 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 you don't have to wait for the game to to start drinking. You can just wake <laughs> up, put your duck gear on or whatever team, you know, you're going for and find out, you know, what the beverage is for that day and just Well, the preparation, I mean, tailgating across the country is as much part of football as the ball itself. Right. And for fans, it, it gives you a couple different things. One, it gives you, you know, the opportunity to go and like you talk about, you know, surround yourself with other people that are excited, that, for, that that are excited for the game. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to, you know, put some food together. Right. Do you have everything tailgating from people that, you know, open up the, the trunk of their car and, you know, pull beers out of a cooler. Grab the old pig's, pig skin and throw it around. To people that cater it and you know that that put huge spreads together yeah i know a, a few years ago and zach and i had the opportunity to go to the holiday bowl okay we went with a group of people one of the guys that that worked for me had a group of friends that uh always went to the holiday bowl every year and so we went over and stayed with him and then showed up and it was a group of about 25 people and it didn't matter who was playing in the game right they just all went to the holiday bowl okay. and and they had tables, a bunch of tables set up and awnings and, oh, you know, it was just really cool yeah. to go and be a part of that. You know, Eli Workman, you know, went to college with all these guys. A lot of them were engineers and that kind of stuff. But it was just, it was fun to be around these guys and they weren't duck fans Yeah, and they weren't, you know, Oklahoma state fans. They were just football fans. They were holiday bowl fans. So that was a great time. You know, that was big. Yeah. And then the other extreme, you know, that you and I have experienced, you know, in Alpine, Texas. I think we touched on it in one of the other episodes. Yeah. 
where we went to watch Zach play and we tailgated. We we had food, you know, we opened up the back of the Murano. Had other games going on, had our, our drinks going. Right. So we got the radio going and, and all this kind of stuff. We we're the only people in the parking lot. Yeah. That's, there was not even, we, we weren't sure if we were in the right place. Yeah. People just showed up for the game. Yeah. And, but again, which you is know, weird with us, it was tailgating being in Texas. I felt like that was, you know, I mean, football is such a big thing that that would be something more. Yeah. It's really minds. funny. I, I'm sure that the Friday night is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But Saturday for Sol Ross, not so much. Sol Ross, not so much. Yeah. I've actually uh, tailgated myself. I've actually catered for a tailgater uh, for the university of Oregon for when I worked for Mucho Gusto yeah. up in Oregon um, in Eugene. We actually uh, did one of the the tents that they have out in the parking lot and uh, tailgated for that. That was so much fun. It was cool. Just, I mean, the the environment. You know, you have the band coming through the parking lot and playing the the fight song, and you know, oh, you're just immersed in it. That's what's great about the tailgate. It's it's the yeah, you're in the game all day long. Basically, that environment. You know, that fight. You're just there rooting for your team. The excitement. The Back when I was going to to games at in Eugene at Autzen, uh, there was a lot more parking than there is now. Yes. Now the practice fields and Mashovsky Center and the Casanova Center and the Marcus Mariota Center. Now and the Mashovsky Center is awesome because you know it allows you to go and have the the beers. Well, there. but back like I'm talking about, all that was open area. All that was parking. Right. All you had is Autzen Stadium, and then surrounding areas were parking, and there were a lot of people and tailgating and it was amazing it was so much fun and then you had the alumni tent which is where you could get a beer you could actually buy a beer right right well over the years as they started developing uh, all of these facilities that are fantastic they have lost a lot of that parking so yes. now people tailgate across martin luther king yep and a couple parking lots and now they have shuttle buses that take them to Otson. so it's totally different but it like is. you said, what they did a few years ago is they decided, and I just absolutely love this, the Mashovsky Center. And it's catered. You can go in there and you can get a beer. Yeah. And there's food and you can wander around in How this huge. college football arenas have a center outside that you can go and buy beer? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, but it's really neat what they did. And then the other thing that they did is when the team shows up to go in and get dressed, they actually have a line where you know, they have it kind of roped off in a walking area that the guys walk through and you're looking at the players. Is it through the Mashovsky Center? It's through the Mashovsky Center. That's awesome. So if you're there, Just you know, tailgating, again, it's, it's it's tailgating in the true sense, Yeah, celebrating really before is. the game. It's not a tailgate in the sense you're the not by sense. a tailgate. But anyway, yeah, the, the players walk through and everybody cheers and yells and you get to see the guys before they have the helmets on and before they have, uh, you know, all their gear on and that kind of stuff. So, I think that that's just, that's awesome. That's a cool thing. Cause you want the kids to, you know, relate to the crowd. You want the crowd to relate to the kids. Right. Right. Build that connection so that people can have something to share for. But yeah, tailgating is, is so much fun. And, and it's hard for us here because all of our teams are somewhere else. Right. I mean, it, tailgating totally uh, happens when you're by the team that you're rooting for. Right. When you live in close proximity to the team that, that you want to go and see and going to that stadium. Now we've gone a couple times to ASU and we've gone to, to U, U of A. A and you know, we have tailgated in those situations. Yes. And they have been the worst situations ever. The people are so rude 
We've had things thrown at us. We've had been accosted. We've had people yell at us. Yeah. Um, it really has not been. It's been very hostile. It's very hostile and rude and horrible. And Now, I will say that the actual tailgating part. Now, maybe that's, you know, I when it came to U of A, it was gameplay. The game time. I wasn't at the ASU incident and what, when that happened. But with U of A, when we went there, I felt like tailgating was awesome. Well, we were in a parking garage, <laughs> away from the stadium. It, it was it was pouring, so we. So, yeah. I mean, we so were. It was raining. We out. were in coverage, and, and so yeah, it was perfect because there was a lot it, of duck fans that were coming by us. I think that was a, another big thing. Right. So we weren't in the tailgating area that U of A fans were. Right. 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 And the same thing with ASU. If you go out and you're in the main parking lot, and there's you know the ASU fans are everywhere, they're not really that nice. Now I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to categorize everybody as, as being you know, nice. Paint everybody with one brush. Right. But it's been our experience. Yeah. Exactly. To the point where I don't want to go anymore. And I'm sure that the same thing happens when it comes to Oregon fans and being in Eugene and wearing a USC shirt, you know, something like that. I don't think it, that it would be the extreme of fo- food being thrown at you, but. I don't know. I don't want happen. to make that assumption. Could happen. But it could happen. You're absolutely right. I don't know that it's not happening. Yeah, I did read something a few years ago that, according to this person writing this story, that the Oregon fans had become a little entitled. Yeah, because you know we had so much success and we had won so many games that it that kind of permeated the crowd and and a couple stories that were negative. But I haven't heard a lot. But again, you know, who knows? Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully, Otson is still the place that it was that I remember. I mean, when it comes to Eugene and knowing Eugene. You know, just as a city and not as a sports town, it's good people, you know. And so I have always said that. I've always believed that, you know, full heartedly. And I think that that transfers over to football. I've I've rarely seen some, you know, bad acts, you know, and in, in, in the classless acts. Okay, so for the sake of this podcast, those things don't happen at Autzen. That's true. It never rains at Autzen. It doesn't. And the fans are never rude. To the visitors at Otson. And we're just going to leave it at that. No, let's, let's explain this. I guess we're not. No, we can leave, we can leave that at that. I want to, I want to dive into not raining at Otson. Yeah. That's an absolute lie. What does that mean? Well, for the, okay. What I always took it to mean, there was a long stretch of years where it didn't rain. Okay. On game day. Now, obviously anybody that's been in. So there was years where it didn't happen. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's my recollection. Which is very rare. And that's the thing about, you know, with, with Oregon, you get a lot of rain. Yeah. And especially in, you know, the fall. The fall, for sure. Yeah. And there's just a lot of days that it doesn't rain. And it just kind of came out that it never rains at Autzen. Okay. I, I always took it as it doesn't affect the way that we do things because we deal with it 350 days out of the year. So, you know Not what? quite that much, but it, okay. Well, yeah exaggerating a little bit, but just saying that it, it, it doesn't affect us the way that it could or it does other teams, you know, it never rains in Austin because we don't feel it rain kind of feel. Okay. That's how I took it. All right. Well, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's the way it is. Hey, who knows? I just know for a lot of, t- for a long time, there was a lot of games that it didn't rain and it would rain on Friday and it would rain on Sunday, but it didn't rain on Saturday. Hey, but, either way I like it. Yeah. So, okay, so tailgating, uh, an important part 
of football, and it's it's something that we don't get to experience here very much. Being in Arizona because because of our teams, you know, being somewhere else. Right. Another thing that that starts uh, this weekend, kind of kicking off that, and this is I think is a fourth or fifth year. Very excited about is youth hockey in Arizona. Yes, and Alex starts a tournament in the morning uh, in here in Chandler. It's exciting, and he's got a couple games. One at uh, at I think ten o'clock in the morning, and then another one at four. So then it's hustle back over here and watch the duck game. Right, right. Then he's got games on a game on Sunday, and then a game on Monday. Monday being Labor Day. Yeah. Okay. So there's quite a few tournaments that he's playing in. I found out that they're going to uh, Illinois in December huh. and play in an outdoor tournament Whoa. on an outdoor rink. Whoa. Right. That's going to be really cool. That's that's way cool. And then they also have a tournament in uh, Lake Tahoe this okay. year. Okay. Wow. Man. So, you know, the travel team, I would imagine they'll go back to Flagstaff. And so this is big time stuff. You know, Alex is 10. Yeah. He's really getting in there. He's getting a lot of private lessons. Right. He's some speed skating lessons. So I'm very excited to see him in the morning. Yeah. And when they have the tournaments here in Chandler, it's fun because he comes and stays with, uh, with Heather and I. Right. Right. So we get him for a couple nights and it's just very exciting. It's, it's so much fun to watch the youth hockey, uh, watching the kids try the excitement. You know, it's interesting. I I haven't been involved with the hockey scene for too long. Um, only Alex has been the one that's kind of introduced me into that. But talking to some colleagues of mine, you know, hockey is something that's obviously a lot in like the northern states. And something that's very interesting to me is I hear more about hockey now that I'm in Arizona <laughs> than I did when I was in Oregon. Right. Uh, now, the Northwest was never too much of a hotbed, I don't think. Yeah. You know, obviously Canada and the Northeast, you know, if, if you're a Canadian kid, you more than likely are playing hockey rather than right. football or baseball. Great Lakes area, you know, the Minnesota kind of. So places. it's huge, but there's a real surge in, in youth hockey in Arizona. Yeah. There's a lot of kids that are playing. There's a lot of nice. There's a lot of rinks. A lot of rinks, a lot of nice things that the Coyotes are doing. ASU has a hockey team now. Okay. They have a D1 competitive hockey team. So it's really fun. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a chance to watch Alex play and to watch his development over the years. And the commitment that he has is just amazing. You know, get in the car, go wherever, you know, get on the ice, skate as hard as you can and, you know, have fun. Right. I, I definitely have felt that from him, the dedication. I, you know, I loved sports when I was younger, but I don't think I really had that kind of dedication to, to really go and do those kind of things. And Well, always the interesting thing to me since Alex got started, is I think he was three when he first put skates on. And, and he got into hockey because Chad is uh, right, loves right. hockey, and that's, that's his favorite sport. His dad was so into it that it just got him excited about it. Right, and he would go to Coyote games, and back then Chad had season tickets, so they right. would— they would hang out together. He'd be and, up in the the seats. You know, he has no idea what's going on in the game, but he's watching these guys hitting each other. Yeah. You know, watching the Coyotes and grew up wanting to play hockey. Right. And, you know, I mean, I played Little League Baseball and, and you played Little League Baseball and, yep. and you know, in basketball you can play and all these other sports. Well, the hockey, it's like you have to learn how to walk first. You have to learn how to skate. <laughs> right. You know, as Adam Sandler showed us. <laughs> That uh, you can hit the the puck as hard as you want. It doesn't if you matter can't if skate, you can't skate. If you can't skate, 
you know, you're not going to be much of a hockey player. Exactly. You know, that's like you mentioned, you know, he's taken speed skating and power skating courses, you know, class kind of one-on-one thing with a yeah. instructor this summer. So that's really cool. Now I'm very excited about getting him on the podcast. We've been kind of, you know, angling to get him, uh, and Marie, we'd love to get Chad as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, on the podcast. Uh, but, but I want to hear Alex talk about hockey and, you know, and some of the things, some of his interests, because he's, to me, just a fascinating kid. I agree. Great mind so far. So we're, you know, we're efforting that. Uh, also, we got some other things kind of in the pipeline. We're hoping we talked with Zach. He's going to be here at the end of this month. And we're going to try to get Josh with Ebenezer on. Right. Yep. And have an episode where we can talk about the creation of Cattywampus, that music that plays the lead into all of our episodes and takes us out. And takes us out as well. Um, hoping that our good friend Jim can possibly make an appearance here pretty soon to Jim, talk about some... Jim McCarty, who's longtime friend. Talk about some music. So we can talk some music. And, you know, we've done episodes on, you know, kind of the evolution of the phone and the TV. Uh, we're going to talk about the evolution of music. Yeah. And the way we listen to it. Yeah. And all the things that have changed over the years from back in the day of having, you know, a little turntable. Back when my dad was there when music was created. Right. Well, yeah. When the first person. When rocks started to get banged together. Yeah. When the first person, you know, yeah, exactly. Hit a tree with a stick and noticed that there was a sound. Yeah. So, uh, and then all the way up to today. Today where I can chime in. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some of the things that we've got going. Okay. I'm excited. I think we're going to have some good episodes coming on here pretty soon. And we're going to continue to to talk about the ducks at the beginning of, of each episode, I believe, coming coming forward, just being excited about each week and what we're going to see. Um, so I think that that's going to be a little insight into each week. Yeah, we're going to try to, you know, yeah, exactly. Put a little bit of duck stuff into it. Now, we went deeper today than we plan on in the future. Right. But then again, who knows? We're not really good at sticking to any any particular plan. Right. Uh, one of the other things that, you know, Joe's not with us this week. He's he's off doing floors. Oh. Exciting stuff. Oh, man. I wish I was there with him. But I wanted to uh, I wanted to plug his his podcast. Uh, he's got one that he put out. That, I, did, I did listen to the first episode. That he's working on, and it's Why All Things. W-H-Y comma all things. And, it, he, he, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I like his premise. It I did, really enjoyed the first episode. What, he, what he's looking at is different things in the world and you know why are they and how do they affect people how do they affect us right how do they affect affect our our way of life our perceptions and things his first podcast that he did was on movies and he asked me to be his first guest which was a real honor which was awesome and i you know joe is a dear friend of of our podcast on a lot right executive producer and had a lot to do with us getting going correct yeah so we definitely want to support joe with this endeavor and anything that we can do, you can find it on Podcast Addict or on iTunes. iTunes, yep. And I'm sure Joe's going to do a great job with it. He's got a lot of really interesting ideas. I'm excited to not only continue to listen, but you know, hopefully be on there soon. So. Yeah. And Joe, one, one bit of advice I heard from somebody who really knows what they're talking about. <laughs> you need to be consistent with putting out episodes. Okay. Now, this is 23 for us. Which is really, really cool because... Coming into this, I don't know if we really expected much or what we what we expected. We well, didn't we didn't know. know. Yeah, where and, it was and going. doing one each week and getting it out has been a blast. We've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, uh, but I'd. 
be lying if I didn't tell you that there weren't some weeks there like, oh, what are we going to talk about this week? Oh, gosh. Should we just skip it? Can we, would anybody notice? But we know you guys would. Well, yes. You know, so, we'd, we'd start getting the hate mail and it would be ugly. And, and we don't want to deal with that. And, you know, nobody knows where we live, but through word of mouth, you know, investigators, they may Social find Social media these days, just, who knows? So we've stayed with one a week and we have every intention of continuing with that. I agree. At least through duck season, which could be all year. <laughs> yeah, through duck season. <laughs> okay. Duck baseball, duck football, duck basketball. Okay. Yeah. All right. Track, track. and field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I like it. Quack, quack. You know, that's kind of our plans, some of our plans for upcoming stuff. Adam, once again, I think uh, we can't wait for tomorrow. Oh, so excited. So excited. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be great. And I'm really excited. But to be honest, it's going to be more perspective. of today point them out to me so i can come and join their rate we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand this progression we have at hand humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest make conference then love our best our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines our love that makes no sense we who spend love at no expense we are a force of passion creating a new faction taking action working hard just for the satisfactions with the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight because our light is in their eyes ladies and gentlemen we are the skies don't remain mystified by their lies and trust us for we will teach you how to be true teach you how to speak the truth but we stand here Of today, we're sending.